Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in the Press Row, a unusual Saturday episode for me. Doesn't really matter because I'm not sure what day you're listening. Uh, with my usual weather report, it is it's actually kind of cool. It's uh, not raining today. The sun's been shining here in Seattle. Things are still extremely quiet. Uh, I will say traffic is starting to build. I was out today. Things are good. But um, super psyched and stoked to have a really cool guest with me today. We've, this is the first time we've actually ever talked. Uh, so no, she's not one of my sources. People always ask that question. Oh, is that your source? Uh, this guest and I have never spoken. This is the first time we've actually laid eyes on each other as far as I know. And uh, super psyched to have Tara Sloan with us today. Tara, how are you? You know... <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of it's a different kind of uh, answer to a different kind of question now. I, I'm doing all okay, like all things considered. We're awesome. We're happy, healthy, and, and doing And are you, uh, are you in and around the GTA? Is that where we're finding you? Yes, I am in the west end of Toronto. The weather here is also beautiful, finally. It was pretty crap spring and lots of people out and about. Yeah, I heard that up in Barrie yesterday it was 28-ish, which I think is like 88 or something. Uh, some high number here it was very warm yeah it's it's getting uh, it's getting nice so I think it's a mood changer for a lot of people which is really good so this is a really uh, I know you and I'm putting it in air quotes because you're on my TV even here in Seattle um, every Sunday oh, every Sunday during hockey season yeah. um, it has rarely happened that I've googled someone in doing my prep work that I am totally flabbergasted, shocked, and amazed to find out so much that I absolutely did not know about you. It's, uh, you, you certainly had a life before this. Um, and uh, you'll be happy to know that I had you blaring in my car this morning as ah. I was. Uh, so if you're getting huge royalty checks, it was me. And that extra quarter is bound to really help. <laughs> hey, whatever. You know, these are, these are difficult times, right? Yeah, it's true. I'll take it. So, I Google you, and the first thing that I hear is is um, this bad boy, happily. How great is that? I mean, wow. David Bowie, like where, like, I had no idea that you had this incredible uh, singing profession. Well, and that, so that's from my solo album, which came out, oh my God, in 2007 called Just Look Pretty and Sing. Um, so I, I put out two albums with my band previous to that. My band was called Joy Drop and we toured like crazy uh, in the US and Canada and then in 2007 and I finally got it together to put out a solo album and so actually the reason that that particular song made it on the album I mean I'm a huge huge Bowie fan um, but that is I in 2005 I was a contestant on a show called Rockstar in Excess and I actually did that song on the show and I uh, decided to to take it and, and put it on my record. So I uh, I watched that show when it happened never put two and two together and am uh, I will admit extremely disappointed that I, I, I don't remember this 
but in your Wikipedia page, which we will get to in a second, um, <laughs> it says that you sang Message in a Bottle. That song yeah. is not, I can't find it anywhere because that's the song I would have rather, it's one of my favorite songs of all time. I've seen Sting perform it live numerous times, including in the Patrick Gymnasium at the University of Vermont in front of 2,500 screaming fans. Um, wow. But that, your version is not out there. I honestly think that that's okay. Um, that was the song that got me kicked off the show. So I think it's, uh, let's just leave well enough alone. <laughs> so, you know, you grow up in Montreal and I'm gonna tell you right now, whoever your agent is needs a new marketing person because your Wikipedia page is no good. Uh, well, it's, it's not right. I, I also, I grew up in Nova Scotia. I was born oh, so in Montreal. Even worse, like whoever no, that person oh. is, who does the, I don't know who does Wikipedia pages. Well, like we'll talk off the air and we'll get yours cleaned up for you. <laughs> Cause As, it's serious. It wasn't me. Well, I we don't should, know who does that stuff. We will help clean it up for you. Uh, cause <laughs> you know, it, it, it's not detailed. And so, so you grew up in Nova Scotia. Did you spend any time in Montreal? Yeah, I was, I was born in Montreal. Both of my parents are Montrealers. Um, and then, I, I mean, I spent tons of time there with my grandparents and also we had a, a cottage in Val David near St. Agathe. Uh, so I was there quite a lot in Quebec and in the Laurentians. And then I went, when I um, left university the first time, I went to Dalhousie for a minute in Halifax and then Cup I- worked <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I moved to Montreal um, took some time off school and then went back to school and went to Concordia University. So in 80, in 96, it says you, you joined, you became the lead singer of Joy Drop. Mm -hmm. And um, several years after that, you did the TV show. And then it just yeah. kind of jumps to like, from August 9th, 2010, <laughs> you were on breakfast television in Calgary. I'm like, well, that's awesome. What WTF happened in between? Like, so how does one go from, you know, lead singer of a band pumping out music, uh, some really Canadian-esque music videos in there, and all of a sudden you're doing breakfast TV in Calgary. How does that happen? Well, I mean, so the music thing, 96 to 2002 was the lifespan of Joy Drop. Um, after that, I was sort of trying to figure out what I was going to do, started recording a little bit of solo stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's hard when you your identity is kind of taken away and, and the band is no more and it just kind of struggling to, to figure out what was next. Um, and then 2005, the opportunity came to do Rockstar in Excess. I wasn't sure it was going to be the right thing to do. And in all honesty, it didn't do anything for my music career particularly, but what it did was start to really open the door when it came to television because I was the first Canadian kicked off the show and there were four Canadians on that season of Rockstar. Um, I was being used by a lot of media outlets as their like weekly kind of correspondent. So I ended up you know, like doing a lot used. of- I like the yeah. word you I hope that's not meant literally, but okay. You Utilized. Okay, good. Um, I feel better. Yeah. And, and so I actually got a, had a pretty, you know, good um, demo reel by the time that it came to actually making the jump from uh, music to television. So 2007, I put out my solo album, nothing really happened. And I was like, you know what? I, I think I need to move to something new. Um, you know, in retrospect, TV is not the same. <laughs> You're moving from like one really tough career in 
the creative world to another, but I got a job at a really small station in 2007. Um, I give a lot of credit to Michael Lansford. No, I had done, uh, I'd done off the record about 25 times. I did some fun stuff for them when I was still a musician. Um, Michael Landsberg helped me make my first demo reel. And I had done, because of Rockstar, I had done some stuff with ET Canada and this mm-hmm. and that. But no, I had no formal training. I mean, I'd gone to theater school and I, so I, I was working in entertainment okay. uh, television at the beginning, but I, you know, I was lucky enough to land at a really small station. The executive producer there just thought, hey, this person's smart, she's articulate, and I, we can teach her on a job. And I mean, I don't think that happens anymore. Um, but I was lucky enough to, to find that position. And the rest is history. I moved on to Calgary and then, and then uh, hometown hockey came next. So I'm, I'm reminded, especially now that uh, it's sometimes hard to believe it and see it, but in the darkest times, we, we do have to try and find the feeling that everything does in fact happen for a reason. And even though it may not be apparent, Uh, Things tend to work out for themselves, not always, but for the most part, I I think that they do. And I think the fact that you didn't advance and actually win uh, the real, the, the NXS contest is probably fortuitous. I mean, if you followed the fortunes of JD fortune following that, Oh, Uh, like I had no idea. Like, like you got, it's not like I'm reading, I have the Rolling Stone article in front of me and it basically says that they abandoned him in an airport in Hong Kong. But then it says his dismissal wasn't without justification. He reportedly became a heavy cocaine user while in excess. Quote, it got as bad as it needed to be for me to numb out the fact that this was going to be a screeching halt. That's his quote. Um, mm-hmm. This article is from 2019, about a year ago, and he was homeless then. Uh, yeah. I don't know if anyone's checked in with him since, but I can't imagine. Well, I'm hoping his fortunes improve, but you may have uh, dodged a bullet, as they say. Well, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it was, I think it was never meant to be. I honestly think that they had JD in their sights uh, from the very start because he was a, I mean, he's a super talented guy, had the right sound, had the right look for them. Um, and quite frankly, you know, I didn't have a great time on that show. I was not a judge favorite. Uh, I found it to be a really strange and difficult experience. Um, I wasn't used to singing other people's songs. So, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Like it was, you know, it didn't do anything for me musically, but without that, I would not be in television. So, so you sit now and and we live in an age where shows like that are, they're cheap to produce. They're on all the time. Mm -hmm. My favorite of all time, we're roughly the same age. So you might remember this Fox once had a program on called the Swan where it was like taking, taking like, that was a horrible yeah. show. Right. So that was like, <laughs> that was like the peak of, uh, you know, the, these types of shows. And so when you look at them, having been on one, and, and certain people in my households like the the Bachelor Bachelorette. Now they're doing the Bachelorette meets music, um, or the Bachelor meets music. How much? If you can say, if I don't know what's covered under an agreement or not, but how much? storytelling and editing is going on to kind of make things a little juicier or more entertaining as opposed to what is really going on? Oh, for sure. A lot. I mean, um, 
this is how naive I was. At the rap party, I met, you is know, that some, W-R-A-P or R-A-P? <laughs> just, no, the W. Okay. Um, you know, I met a whole bunch of the behind the scenes crew because of course you're on the show and you're very sequestered. Um, so I met, you know, people who were story producers and people I had no idea existed. And like, I, it just hadn't occurred to me that they were literally writing a story. Um, you know, I think one of the things on our show though, I mean, aside from JD, who, who spiced things up, the rest of us got along very well. None of us threw each other under the bus. Um, and there wasn't as much drama as I think they would have liked, but we actually really liked each other, luckily. Yeah. So like how many times do you drive to work and well, not now, but like click your heels and go, holy hell you know, how did this happen? Like, forget for, listen, luck is, luck is a real thing. And yep. I'm not saying flat out, you were just lucky because that's unfair. But I think we all, I think the smartest people admit there's a degree of luck. Timing is everything. Um, you're now one of the most recognizable faces in, in certainly in Canadian sports, if not in Canadian pop, pop culture. Well, I don't know about that, but oh, I, I mean, it's, you yeah. are, for <laughs> but sure. I, I certainly, I mean, I have a lot of moments. I have a lot of pinch me moments on, on hometown hockey. I mean, sometimes just, you know, and we just finished our sixth season or the most, most of our sixth season. (laughs) Um, You know, so sometimes I look next to me and I'm like, what am I doing beside Ron McLean? And I'm, (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure uh, there's some viewers out there who wonder the same thing. Um, But no, I mean, I, I, I don't at all take for granted um, the opportunities that have been afforded me. You're right. Like, you know, I, I worked hard. I, uh, I focused on what I wanted and, uh, you know, and I was lucky enough to achieve some of those goals. Um, serious talking to me, sorry. Um, but, you know, I think, what do they say? You have to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good, right? Yeah, who cares? Like, like, who cares? What was the goal? Like when, when you started at this small station, then you ended up in Calgary, what was the goal? Well, I mean, I was always angling towards sports. Really? Um, yep. And I, because I mean, I always loved hockey okay. um, and my appearances on, on off the record kind of wet my whistle in a way. And I had somewhere in the back of my head, like maybe this is something that that could work for me down the road. Um, but, you know, so it wasn't until I started the breakfast television position in Calgary. Um, it was on City TV. City TV is owned by Rogers. Rogers owns Sportsnet. And there was the synergy. So I, that's when I really started to, to reach out and, you know, try to make those connections. And I did some work for Sportsnet while I was out there. Um, at the beginning, though, I think I was just trying to see if this was a world that, um, you know, that I could live in. And. I liked the entertainment side of it too. I mean, that's what I did first. And I I felt like having been on the receiving end of so many interviews, both good and bad, uh, I felt like maybe I could add some, some insight, but yeah, I I really wanted to end up in sports. What was the first hometown game you did? The very first hometown game. Well, the first hometown location was in London, Ontario. Okay. Um, How nervous were you? It was it. Uh, you know what? I can't even remember the game. Were you nervous? Oh my god! 
I thought I was going to fall off my stool. Yeah, I was so nervous. My my role in the first season of Hometown was a little bit different. It right. kind of morphed as it went along. So I was more of a reporter. That one, Eric Lindros was our guest. So I was outside interviewing him with Jennifer Botterill. Um, but yeah, I was... I was freaking out inside. I mean, you know, I've, I very openly uh, talked about my battles with nerves and anxiety. So that's, uh, that's always a variable for me, mm-hmm. but at the beginning, for sure, it was, it was big time. And then when you first co-hosted? Yeah, probably just wanted to barf up my insides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's all about reps, right? Like, you know, I remember when I first started breakfast television, I was cripplingly nervous. And then you do it for three and a half hours, five days a week, every day. And then, then you're, you're good and it becomes comfortable. But hometown is different because, you know, it, it's not, there's no formula because you're in a different community. You have to really do a lot of research and learning. And I spend a lot of time with my feet on the ground, talking to people and gathering information um, we have different guests, and then I'm sitting beside somebody who is, um, you know, I think the the one of Canada's greatest broadcasters, um, who has the most uh, incredible way of weaving a, a tale and has a photographic memory. So that pressure for me, for sure, um, it exists. <laughs> so I want to be on the ball. I'm, I'm definitely over prepared when it comes to that show. So when you do a show in London or Barrie or wherever, um, how far in advance do you get there before the actual game? So I would generally come in on a Thursday or a Friday. Okay. Um, and so I would shoot something. I would go drop some pucks at a junior game, major junior, junior A, junior B, who knows? Um, yeah, how stoked, just sort of being how stoked are people that you're there? Sorry for interrupting. They're, you know what? It's lovely. Like the way that we have been received um, across Canada has been a real privilege, I would say. Yeah, it's really, it's very sweet. Yeah, the more, I mean, I can tell you as, as a fan, as someone who watches, the more remote, the smaller, the better the job you guys do. I, yeah, I'm, that's interesting. I think so too. I agree. Um, you know, it's, there's something about those communities that are, aren't often, they're not often given a lot of airtime. Um, it's also, you know, the, it's the pleasure comes in unearthing these stories that might not have been told on a national stage and the more excited the community is to, to receive us. So there's a really just a beautiful reciprocity that happens in those smaller communities. It feels a lot like, this is going to sound stupid, but it sounds a lot like uh, an Anthony Bourdain show. And um, he's actually, he, he did a couple, he did one in Montreal. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you've seen it, but he does one in Montreal. Or it's either Montreal or Quebec or, or both. But he ends up on a hockey rink at night playing hockey, like on a pond, like it's not a pond, but it's like it's a local backyard mm-hmm. rink. And it's just awesome. And it really gives a flavor, pun intended, to the community. And you can just tell them, mm-hmm. guys and gals, go somewhere. It's, uh, it's so well appreciated. I think that's the word that they genuinely are happy to be there. They love that you have the spotlight on them. 
and uh, the lens in which your production crew does it is just fantastic, and the game almost doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, it do, it does obviously. You know, I think we have like the diehard uh, hometown hockey fans who really tune in to learn about communities, and then obviously the people who are going to watch the game will watch the game, right? If it's a Toronto game, they'll watch it. it the fan, Toronto fans will watch it. If it's a Montreal game, you know, same thing. Um, but yeah, the the real attention to detail comes like you know, we know that people are trusting us with their stories and we want to, we want to do that and them justice. So it's really meaningful. And um, yeah, the Anthony Bourdain comparison is, that's very flattering. Um, that was for sure. No reservations was one of the, the, you know, models that we used in terms of community coverage. So that's nice. Well, like I, I want to see if you're outside somewhere in, in Moose Jaw or wherever, I want to see your breath. Like I want to feel, no, no I'm saying like, I Oh, want, you will. <laughs> no, but I want to feel the cold. Like I want to hear yeah. the crunching of your feet in the snow. And I think that's yeah. something that he did really well. And I think that that 4d, if you will, documentary is I think where you guys really excel. Like Thanks. with all due respect, anybody can go into Carolina, anybody can go into Buffalo or Tampa or Toronto and do a game. And, and the voiceover sets the stage. Don't get me wrong. But going into those smaller communities you, where a good chunk of people will never go to, uh, mm -hmm. it works. And it works really well. Thanks. Yeah, we're very proud of this show. We love it. Like, awesome. Really okay, now, Get out your pen and pencil because i got to pay some bills so you can take a breath. But I have some <laughs> cool offers. One of them is special right. for you. Um, while you're waiting at home uh, listening to this, it says watching, but I'm going to go with listening. As you may have heard, there's no NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball games. But my friends at Ben Online have hundreds of ways for you to, wa to wager. NASCAR is back. Madden and NBA 2K simulations. There's, 10, there's a 10,000 Madden bracket challenge. There's UFC, online casinos with poker and blackjack. And coming up Sunday, which is tomorrow, Bet Online has ex-Chicago Bulls Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, Craig Hodges, and Ron Harper joining us to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary and what they're calling the final dance. They're still fun to be had at betonline.ag. Use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus. Again, it's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. A couple of companies that are near and dear to my heart, one of them I can speak to because I use them a lot, is Sleep Envy. Uh, especially right now, with all the stress going on, there is nothing more important than a good night's sleep. And my friends at Sleep Envy allow you to customize your mattress by taking a one-minute quiz it ships in a box, comes right to the door. Best part, you get to try it for 100 nights in the comfort of your home. Shipping is free both ways. If you're not happy, they'll pick it up. And today I have a coupon for you. Use Press Row at checkout to get 25% off. They are giving 10% of sales right now to feed the hungry during the coronavirus. Again, that's sleepenvi, S-L-E-E-P-E-N-V-I-E.com. And enter the code Press Row at checkout for 25%. As Harry Carey used to say, holy cow, off your purchase price. Now, Tara, rumor has it that you're a woman. And I see, yes. a, picture, I see a picture of a, of a younger girl there. So maybe you're a mom. You might have a significant other in your life. And, you know, Mother's Day just passed, but there's birthdays and anniversaries. And I'm sure you can tell the world horror stories of a gift gone wrong, either that you've bought for someone or you've received. Well, my friends at Vanderhout Jewelry are here to help. Not sure if you've checked it out. It's really cool. 
Uh, the ability to customize your order to what you're looking for. They have an unbelievable customer service team with a gemologist. Help you find what you're looking either for yourself or for a gift. I'm sure we all have some very bad creative gift stories to share. But today only at Vanderhout Jewelry, V-A-N-D-E-R-H-O-U-T Jewelry.com. If you enter the code Terra20, they're giving 20% off your entire purchase. Again, that's all caps, T-A-R-A, -A, the number 20, and you get 20% off your entire purchase. Uh, shop today. It is fantastic. Okay. I can see you finished writing down the notes. Let's, uh, let me just find something here that I want to play you. Uh, this is a clip from my favorite movie, and I'll lead into something a little bit more relevant. Perhaps you know the movie. Remember, Red, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. I will be hoping that this letter finds you and finds you well. So I play that, you're probably wondering, what the bleep is he thinking about? But you, got, you did a, a vignette, a video vignette on uh, Sportsnet recently, and I wanted to play a clip like that, and it reminded me of that clip from Shawshank Redemption. Or dreamed we'd see. So what if, after this is all over, what if we finally realize something we should have known all along? That we can hug longer, that we can laugh harder, that we can be kinder, that we can love unconditionally, and that gratitude is something best expressed not just with words, but with actions. What if we finally realize that we are all in this together? So, wow, like what a great piece. It's, uh, it's called A Different Spring, an essay by Tara Sloan. Tara, did you write it? And in law school, they teach us don't ask questions you don't know the answer, but here I am. You actually wrote oh, it. Oh, I did. I did write it. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it's Thank so you. timely. Um, the beginning of it, you know, the whole part of it, 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 the hairs on my arm stood up as I watched it this morning. Uh, so perfectly done for where we are right now. How did this come about? You know, it was just uh, uh, the idea of Joel Darling. He's a, a producer who works with us, uh, CBC and Sportsnet. Um, and he had done one with Dave Bedini. He's a, he's yep. a great friend of, I mean, he's a great hockey writer. He's an amazing, legendary musician. Uh, so he had written a, an essay about the things that he misses uh, in, in the sports world. And so Joel just said, write an essay. And I said, well, about what? And he said, whatever you want. And so obviously, you know, it's being put out on the Sportsnet platform. So uh, I did want to make it relevant to sports fans, but I felt like since we were having kind of a universal experience that was beyond just sports, I just kind of wanted to put pen to paper or whatever, not, not anymore, but put my fingers on the computer and um, yeah, just talk about where I felt like I was and we are and um, you know, my hope, my hope for going through this collective trauma is that we come out stronger and, and better and more unified. So that's sort of what it's about. Well, you uh, nailed it flawlessly. It's, uh, it's really good. Thanks, I found it on YouTube. Um, you can Google it. If you Google, uh, you Google the title, it's there. It's, it's really well done. It's uh, akin to um, some of the vignettes they do before a game uh, in that kind of style uh, or the ones that they used to do. 
Uh, I'm not going to make any comments about that. <laughs> I kind of miss those, but it's really well done. Um, Thank you. I will say that, uh, you know, my, my, I got a piece of hope myself this morning. I, I'm the one who runs errands in this house. I'm the one who goes to grocery stores. And I went out this morning and I saw that my favorite local coffee shop was open. And other coffee shops have put basically a piece of plexiglass at the front door and you walk up and you order your coffee and they bring the coffee to you. This place was literally open and they had stickers all over the floor saying, stay six feet apart. Uh, it's also a bakery. It's called Mercury Coffee here in the greater Seattle area. And, and I walked in this morning and they nailed it flawlessly. Like there's no table, so you can't sit. And they put in a, um, a winding rope. So you kind of wind around the counter to get there, waiting six feet apart. Uh, but they're doing full service, right? Like they have their full offering of food, their full offering. It is the first real store experience that I've had that isn't like a grocery store, a Walmart or a Target right. or Costco. And those guys are doing great jobs. But that was the first feeling of hope that I had today that, oh, maybe we're actually going to get out of this. Uh, which was good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's slow moving and I guess it needs to be that way, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a weird world. <laughs> it's a very weird world. So lots of talk over the last 24 to 48 hours because the NHL and the NHLPA have kind of aligned on what the world will look like if we come back hmm. um, for this season. So it sounds like the regular season is kind of, out the door they're gonna have you know some bottom feeders have a play-in tournament to get into a playoff total of 24 teams come back top ones get to watch what do you what are your thoughts you know i think as i think it was chris letang said you know like like nobody's gonna be 100 happy um so i mean my hope just as a as a fan um, is that they can do this safely. And I, you know, I think that's the, the big question marks for me is just, you know, what happens if one person gets it? Like just, you know, how, how much of a domino effect is that going to have? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I worry about the safety and the mental health of families and that kind of thing. But obviously there's, there's an appetite. There's an appetite for the league to get it going. Um, there's a lot of money involved and I think the players want to play. I, I, that's, that seems to be the consensus. So, so do you think if the money wasn't an issue, there'd be this strong push to come back? I say this, and this is a wholly uneducated guess because this no, is I'm not my opinion. side, you know, I'm, just I'm, I'm in salmon arm, like riding horses and stuff. So, um, I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, my sense is that, you know, but, but the economy is a driver, you know, for like, I think it's okay. I think it's okay for money to be like, the economy is like, is part of this equation. Right. Um, so there are a whole bunch of industries that are trying to figure out how to open up again and do it safely. Um, so I think we all just, you know, we tend to be a bit critical when it's like these big money makers and we'll, we rush to judgment. So, but of course that's, this is their business and they are trying to keep it viable and you can't blame them. But if, yeah, if money wasn't a factor, would they say, okay, let's, let's 
wait and make make sure it's 100% safe? Sure, but there's also no guarantee that that's going to happen anytime soon. So I think, you know, we're all going to have to find our way within this, with the looming threat of this virus. So we're now watching pretty much anything that's live and fresh <laughs> on television. Yeah. Uh, I paid to watch, to rent the new Scooby-Doo movie the other night. Why? You did? It's so expensive. Is it good? It was 20 bucks and there were four of us watching, like, so five bucks at like, and it was fresh new content, right? Like, yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it wasn't so bad. Like I didn't buy it. I don't want to own it, but for one night to watch something that no one had ever seen before. Yeah. Why not? I had no problem with that. Um, so I get that people are going to watch. But I do wonder how apathetic people are. Like, I just asked informally on Twitter today, like, do you give the teams an asterisk when they win? And I'm not saying that winning won't be a huge accomplishment. That's not what I mean. But on the flip side, if, it, if your team loses, if the Maple Leafs somehow get through Columbus and lose to Boston again, is that like the third strike, so to speak? Or is it asterisk like, yeah, they lost, but, but, dot, 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 fill in the blank. I think it'll, the asterisk will be there um, if things don't go the way you want. <laughs> like, if your team wins, no asterisk. If your team loses, asterisk. I mean, it's, you know, it's, of course, it's a weird year, you know, it's like, you we qualify shortened seasons, you know, the Stanley Cup champion in a shortened season that way too, but um yeah i mean i i think whoever hoists the stanley cup will will have earned it so it will be weird hoisting it in an empty arena if they get to that yeah it's i mean it's all going to be so bizarro land so i'm going to change gears again i have an interesting question you may hate me for asking this um one of the things that i that i am challenged with as a canadian even though i live in here in the states is the canadian content requirement Mm -hmm. um, you were an artist. Mm -hmm. uh, you may feel that you benefited from it. I sure. tend to believe that the, you know, the cream always rises to the top and irrespective of where they are, if someone is good, they will get noticed. And, uh, I think that forcing it actually impedes taste and choice. So I'm curious your perspective, if you're willing to still talk to me, um, as an artist who, 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 listen, like I get it. If you're totally, if you're trying to be up and coming and you want to get playtime, the fact that radio stations have to play a certain amount of Canadian content makes it a little bit easy. I, I, I understand the argument. I'm just curious your take. Oh, I mean, I, I have no problem with it. I'm, I'm all for it. I do. I, I would love to think that the, the cream rises to the top, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it was hard as a Canadian artist to get noticed in our own country. I can speak from my personal experience. Um, when we were looking for a record deal, we couldn't get one here. And when we went to do a showcase for labels in the States, there were like 17 of them who showed up. So, you know, it, it's not all, it just, it doesn't always work that way. And so, um, you know, so what, does radio just what does that, what does that tell you? I don't, well, there was always this sense that like to make it in Canada, you have to go make it in the States first, or you had to come back after having done something in the U.S. I don't know if that's true, but 
it felt true to us. Um, but I just, yeah, I think, you know, we're a small country. We, we, we have quality art. You and I both know that, mm-hmm. but it is easy to get dominated by the, the big push of giant American record labels. And I just, I think if there were not CanCon regulations, I think a, lo- a lot of us would have been buried. So uh, I, I'm all for it. I just think you have to be intentional about, about promoting your own artists. So I think Canada has done a good job. Do you still play? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, not as much as I would like, but I'm fortunate in that, you know, because I spent so many years in the, in the music business, I still get asked to do this and that. Um, I just sang on a track put out by a bunch of friends of mine called angels. It's hopefully going to raise some money for, um, for frontline healthcare workers and for the Unison um, Benevolent Fund, which is a fund for musicians who mm-hmm. are in need. Um, you know, I still have like, I'm, my guitar is over there. I have a theremin, I have a piano. Um, what's your favorite instrument? None of, yeah, none of which I, what's my favorite? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not good at any of them, but I mean, okay. if I have to, <laughs> if I have to pick one up, it's a guitar. But, um, but what, is yeah, not, my, what does not good mean? You're not Jimi Hendrix or? No, like I could, like I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't accompany myself on stage. Like I couldn't do a. But if you're sitting around a campfire with friends, you could twirl around with it. I could, a couple, yeah, but not, I'm still just, I'm not as adept as I would like to be. But yeah, so I, yes, I still, I love to sing. I don't play as much as I would like, but it's, it'll always be part of my life. That's awesome. And if you had the choice of the next couple of towns or cities that you'd go to, where would mm-hmm. you like to go? Well, I can tell you there are a couple that, you know, I know Ron and I were hoping for, so we will continue to hope for them. I don't know, you know, the form that hometown hockey will take in the future, but we all hope it exists still in some way. Um, I know Gander, Newfoundland is a place that we would like to go. There's, uh, they love senior hockey in Newfoundland. So it's great, tons of great stories. Also, it's the come from away place. Mm-hmm. It's where, yeah. you know, all the planes landed after 9-11. Yeah, so it's just, and it's just a great spot. So we'd love to go there. Um, Rouen, Aranda, Quebec, uh, home of Dave Keon and the Memorial Cup winning Huskies. It's hard to get to, um, but that would be a great stop. Um, I know at one point they were thinking um, Wilcox, Saskatchewan. It's like population 100, except with the schools there, Notre Dame. So, um, but gosh, there are so many. We've never been to Trail, Trail BC, home of the Smoke Eaters. So I'm, I could easily come up with a, a nice little routing, but lots of, uh, yeah, plenty of stories left to tell. And I have to ask, did you spend any, how much time did you get to spend, if any, and it wasn't your, you weren't on the Saturday night thing, usually. Did you spend much time with Don Cherry? Nope. He, uh, he was on our show once a season or so. That's it. Yeah. You surprised yeah, I mean, him. he was, all, hmm? go ahead. No, finish your thought. Oh yeah. He was, I mean, he was always very, very nice to me, but no, he's, you know, he kind of, he always came in and did his thing and, and goes out because he's, He's highly sought after. It's hard for him to just exist in a public space. So, and uh, surprised that things ended the way they did. It's just saddened. 
You know, I think, um, you know, love, love him or hate him, I, I don't think anybody uh, wanted to see somebody's career end in that way. So I can't speak for anybody else. And I only ask I'll, you. I'll, I'll, reserve, I'll reserve my uh, my opinion on his politics. Although if you follow me on Twitter, I think you probably know where yep. to stand to that end. Um, but he's a human being and he's had a long and good career. And so, yeah, it just, it, it wasn't, it could have been better. <laughs> it could have been better. It was unfortunate. Well, this has been uh, lots of fun. Great to uh, e-meet you, as they say. Uh, I will tell everyone that getting Tara on to do this was a feat of magic. Uh, <laughs> extremely busy. Uh, I am. It's so challenging guest to book I've ever had. Uh, I'm sorry. No, God, that's, that's terrible. That's not no, a badge of honor at all. <laughs> yes, it is. Absolutely. Listen, especially right now, as you know, as we said, kind of off air, the fact that you're busy. We, I know a lot of people, as I'm sure you do, who aren't. Uh, so the fact that you're busy is good and it's healthy. And, uh, I really loved, uh, finding your music. As I said, you were on my Spotify this morning as I was bombing around with, uh, top down with a little bit of sunshine and, uh, love seeing you on Sunday nights on my TV, even out here in Seattle. Not sure what it's going to be like. Should this really come back in the summer watching hockey, um, during yeah. baseball season, if you will, or football season, but going to try and keep an open mind. And uh, hopefully we can have you back when things are more normal and maybe it'll be easier to book you then. <laughs> maybe my schedule will be a little bit more normal. Yeah, it's all, I, I, my apologies. My, it's, I am busy. It's good. Is, which is you nice. Have to but, apologize. but I will reveal, and I bet your listeners will appreciate this. My time management skills are also just like out the window. I'm, I just find like between homeschooling and trying to manage my own life and schedule, like I am all over the map so anyway i'm glad we can nail this down on a saturday i apologize oh listen it's your personal time again you don't have to apologize it was great as i said we hope to have you back on when things are regular and uh for those listeners we will see you next time on believe in the press road thank you thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.